to the office of the deacon this morning. To start off, though, I'd like you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. You see, there are uh, two clear offices of the New Testament church, and it is they are the uh, office of the elder or the overseers, called bishops, uh, translated here in the King James translation, and, uh, and deacons. And uh, this is kind of started out as a prototype in Acts chapter 6, where the apostles are called to minister the word of God. And there's an issue that comes up where there is another important work, the mercy ministry of feeding the poor in the church, the widows, and uh, some of the widows are being neglected. And so what happens is, the apostles who act as, as elders here need to come up with a group of men who could serve so that the elders can devote their time to the ministry of the word and prayer. And so seven men are chosen. I believe Gary uh, preached on this when I was sick a few weeks ago. Uh, seven men were chosen whose job was to fill in the gaps there so that the elders could focus on the, word of, the ministry of the word of God. And so there's a prototype of elders and deacons there, with the apostles and then the seven men who are chosen. It's interesting, when Paul writes to the church at Philippi, he says this in verse 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. That word bishops is the word overseers. Overseers. Alright, so the overseers, the elders, and the deacons. So you see then the two offices. And we spent uh, uh, a few weeks here on biblical eldership. And now we're going to spend the next few weeks on deacons, or the diaconate. Which is just a big word meaning the office of the deacon. <clears throat> and so what I'd like you to do here is turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. And as I mentioned here during our scripture reading, I'm going to start at the end and I'm going to work backwards here. I'm going to start at the end because I want you to see the joy of the diaconate. I want you to see the joy of serving as a deacon. I want you to see that there is reward, there is incentive, there is significance, there is reward in serving in the the diaconate. It is not a seat of authority. The elders and overseers are the authority. But this is not an office of insignificant value. Don't gather that. It is an office of significance. Notice that in Acts chapter 6 they had to have both. There was word ministry and there was deed ministry. You had to have both. You couldn't just have one at the neglect of other. If you only have deed ministry, you'll never be anchored in truth. If you only have word ministry, you'll never practice truth. And you have to have both. And each office relates to uh, uh, both parts of that. So what I want us to understand this morning is that the office of deacon is not one that is insignificant. Now, I do believe in churches, we have elevated the office to places that it shouldn't be. We have elevated the office many times to those that, uh, of what the eldership is. But that does not mean that the, elder, that the office of deacon is insignificant. In fact, if you will look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, where we spend our time this morning, I trust that we will see that. For they that have used the office of a deacon well, purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. 
I want you to see uh, three things this morning. The first is a connection. There is a connection. Look at that very first word, for. For. Right? When he says for there, he is connecting verses 8 through 12, the qualifications for a deacon, and the practice that need to be true of a deacon. So everything that needs to be true of a deacon in verses 8 through 12, he is now connecting with verse 13 with the practice of a deacon. There is a requirement of character in the previous verses. And now there is a great motivation. There is a great motivation. In one of the previous verses, it says in verse 10, And let these also first be proved. Um, In... um, in verse 10, then let them use the office of a deacon. Let them use it. Alright, put it to work. Just like in Romans 12, the spiritual gifts. Paul says, if you have this gift, then do it. If you have this gift, then do it. Pursue it. Use it. Don't sit back. Uh, use it for God's glory. So I want you to see that, first of all, there is a connection here. There is a connection. And verse 13 explains why these qualifications in 8-12 through 12 are important. There's a result here that the word for is pointing to. And that word for is now saying, after this has been laid out, now it's starting to open up the door and push open the door to show the incentive, the motivation for service as a deacon. If you have attained this office, if you serve in this way, do it in an excellent way. One of the classic commentators, Lenski, says, The sense of four is, these are the requirements of qualifications. All of them are necessary. Four, these offices are not merely to be filled somehow or other, but so that those who fill them may gain for themselves an excellent standing as a result and reward. So first of all, notice the connection, that word four. I also want you to see that there is a condition. There is a condition. If there is a motivation and there is a reward, there is a condition. Look what it says. For they that have used the office of a deacon well. They that have used the office of a deacon well. There's a qualifier there, a condition. Those who have served well as deacons. It's a Greek word, kalos. Well, it means excellent. Notice the tense there. Those that have ministered, they are acquiring to themselves, alright? So there's a track record and there's an acquisition here. He says, those that have used the office of a deacon well. That word well there, it means uh, commendable service done in the right way. In fact, if you look over with me in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, that same thought is used of elders, Verse Timothy 5.17 Let the elders that rule well then be counted worthy of double honor. So, serving well as a deacon gains this in 3.13. Ruling well as an elder gains this in 5.17. Alright, there's reward there. Service done in the right way. And so, back in 3.13 that word there, that idea there of, of using the office of a deacon well means let those that have excellently ministered. Excellently ministered. There's a, there's a um, uh, uh, the condition of excellence in serving. Excellently served. So there's the condition. Alright? So there's the connection for. There's the condition or qualifier. Those that have used the office of a deacon well. And now here is 
the compensation. There are two things. There are two things that you'll see here in the compensation. You see them both? First of all, number one, purchase to themselves a good degree. Second, number two, and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So that is the reward, that is the compensation, that is the motivation, that is what Paul says you can achieve at serving well as a deacon. What does it mean? Let's dig into it. First of all, notice that he says uh, they purchase to themselves a good degree. That word purchase is the word obtain, preserve, right? But what does it mean, a good degree? I mean, is it talking about a degree like academics? What is it talking about degree? Well, that word is an interesting word. A good degree. It means a a high standing. Uh, It it was referred literally in in the time of that day as what you would call the step right before the door. It was a step. It was a stair, uh, the step before a door. And figuratively here, as it is used, obviously not a literal doorstep, it is used to mean a position, an elevation here, a standing, a grade of advancement. <clears throat> In the context, and as I've checked out uh, multiple commentaries, they seem to disagree in other parts, but they seem to all agree on this. At the context here of standing, uh, purchasing a good degree, a high standing is what that word literally means, is an insurance of a good reputation. A good reputation. Respect from the church body for a job well done. Now, of course, we could extrapolate that and, 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 and uh, understand that to mean also that if you have a, 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 you're doing your job well and you have a, a good standing with your church uh, body, then certainly you have a, a good standing uh, with God, but the point of this is that deacons, listen, deacons can do a good work. They can do a good work. They can measure up. Deacons, on account of their faithful work, you might be wondering, well, what is that work? Hang with me here in the next few weeks. We'll, we'll unpack that here. But on account of the faithful work, can have an honorable standing in the household of God. That is far better, listen to me, that is far better than your rank in your workplace. Though I don't want to diminish your rank and how hard you work to go up the ladder, the corporate ladder. That is far better than your academic prowess in degrees. That is far better than your athletic prowess or the, the size of your business. That is better than any of that. That deacons can do a good work and the account of that faith work can have an honorable standing in the household of God. Sure, you can have those other things too. I'm not demeaning them. I'm not saying they don't matter. But I'm saying that this one really does matter a lot. The thing that is honorable and the most important institution on earth where God has chosen to display His glory, the local church, it is a tremendous privilege to have an honorable standing in a household of God as local church. And that's what Paul is saying here. In other words, through low selfless service to the household of God, deacons who serve faithfully and excellently gain honor in the household of God. And you can be assured that as they are used by God, they receive eternal rewards from their Father as well. 
So back in verse 13, they that have used the office of a deacon well, purchased themselves a good degree. That's a high standing, a place of honor, and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How did Jesus do this? Well, um, Nick read Philippians chapter 2, right? And, and Jesus attained honor by going lower and lower, didn't he? Made himself in the form of a servant. You think back to, um, I believe it's Mark chapter 13, where all the disciples were there, and they're like, okay, who's going to wash my feet now? Where's the servant? For the Passover meal. And there's a rustle in the corner, and Jesus is over there getting the bowl that the servant should have used, and, and the towel, and he's, I feel something at their feet, and it's Jesus washing their feet. And he uses that as a teaching time for greatness in his kingdom. You see, deacons don't pursue honor and glory. Deacons pursue service. And it is through that that the Lord elevates them in the household of God. Notice there's a second compensation. This message is going way quicker than I thought it would be. So you might get out earlier this morning. Don't hate me for that. The second compensation is, is in verse 13. And great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. You see the motivations, the rewards for serving as a deacon. And I am going to make the case that there are deaconesses. Alright? So just prepare yourselves. I'm going to make the case that there are deaconesses. So deaconesses, I think you can, you can put yourself into this here. What is a deaconess? What does that mean? We'll, we'll cover that too. Um, remember, deacons don't have authority. So it's not problem for a woman to serve as a deaconess here. Um, Great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus, which is in Messiah Jesus. In other words, deacons will gain much boldness in their faith in Christ. Much boldness. Much. Boldness in what? Boldness in faith. Well, what does he mean faith? Is he talking about faith, the faith? Keeping the faith, the doctrine? Actually here, the word that is used um, uh, is used of personal trust. Personal trust. The faith that you have in something. Personal trust. In fact, Timothy, in chapter 1, verse 4, uses the word that way. Either give heed to fables and endless genealogies, or Paul does, Timothy, which minister questions rather than the godly edifying which is in faith. So do. Verse 5, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Verse 14 of chapter 1, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Um, Verse 19, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Here, this is is uh, an experience. Your faith, not the faith, but your faith can be great boldness as you serve well as a deacon. Chapter 2 and verse 15. Notwithstanding, sheep shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, in charity, and holiness with sobriety. It's the idea of trust here. Chapter 6 and verse 12 is used in this way as well. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, etc. here. So it's use of a personal trust centered in Christ. Why? 
Why is there a second compensation that promises great boldness in the faith that is found in the Messiah Jesus? Why? Because deacon work demands spiritual power. I can say, I'll serve the church, I'll be a servant, until I'm treated like one, right? And when you're treated like a, like a servant, it, then you realize, okay, is it meat my flesh? Or, or am I doing this in the power of, of the Spirit? It demands spiritual power, demands faith as they selflessly serve the household of God. Deacons are the personification of service. They're the living sacrifices here of mercy and ministry. Notice it says great or much boldness in the faith. You understand that faith can grow like a muscle. Paul talks about those weak in faith in Romans 14. And he's not satisfied that they stay weak in faith, by the way. He wants them to grow strong in faith. So they will not be offended. Faith can grow strong. It can endure. Some of you have seen your faith grow as God stretches you, haven't you? Great faith. It can endure. I want to tell you the opposite side. Satan is very happy to see it weakened. It can do great amounts of damage to see your faith weakened. He wants to see your faith fail. But we're to have a life that is marked by trust. And here is where this joins and connects to the truth of the office of a deacon. Listen, if deacons serve excellently, they strengthen their spiritual life. What a great reward. Isn't there a great reward for strengthening your spiritual life when you stand before God and He, and he says, uh, and, and, he can, and He can say to you, Well done? There is great reward in the office of a deacon. You can serve excellently. You strengthen your spiritual life. Your trust that is found in Christ Jesus. You don't have to be a spiritual overseer like an elder or a Bible teacher to be a spiritual giant in the church, to have great faith. You have to trust as you serve. That's great application to all of us, deacon or not. Deacons that serve well are men of faith who act out of that faith and at the same time grow in that faith. Os Guinness writes this, Like a sportsman in training, faith must keep itself fit. It must be trim and in good shape. It must keep its hand in and never be out of practice. It will have its limits, but it will know them and do its best to extend them. What is feared above all is the test that shows that its training has gone to seed. Its musicals have grown soft. Its confidence has been misplaced. Not surprisingly, many of the biblical pictures of faith are strenuous, active, and energetic. Faith is the athlete straining for the finish line. The boxer kept in superb strength by his, by his training. The soldier stripped to his essential equipment. Faith presses forward or is pushed back. Faith trains or grows slack. You know what unbelief does? It freezes you. You'll see that over and over in the book of Hebrews. They wanted to press forward. Uh, God wanted them to press forward, but they drew back. They would enter the promised land because of unbelief in chapter 3, etc. of Hebrews. It paralyzes. It stops the work of God's people. But belief presses on. Belief presses on. And this faith is sourced in a deacon's walk with Christ. Their union in Christ, not their own abilities. 
They trust in the one whose life they have. Serving as a deacon well will allow God to do great things through you. To obtain a good standing in the household of God. And build a solid trust in Christ the vine you're attached to. I'm the vine, you are the branches, Jesus says. Without me you can do nothing. And the office of deacon gives a great laboratory to experiment with that truth. Our work is done according to our faith, isn't it? If you look at the uh, writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 35, over and over he says, these men did all these things, these women of God, these men of God did all these things by faith, through faith, the idea. And verse 34 and 35, or 33 and 34, writer of Hebrews says, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, Quench the violences of fire, etc. Through faith. Now, I want you to know that Jesus said, if your faith is even as small as a mustard seed, you can do great things. And those of you who are weak in faith, you need to understand this. It is because of the object of your faith that God does great things. But there's a tension to that as well, because we're also supposed to grow in faith. We're never supposed to be satisfied with where our faith is. Yep, I reach a certain level with my trust in, 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 in Christ, and, 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 and that's it. Not going any further. That's where I'm plateaued right there. No, we're to press on, right? Uh, we're, to, we're to continue on there. And our work is done according to our faith, and we're to have an increased strength in faith. William Carey said, Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. There's a wonderful picture of faith. God has allowed deacons, according to 1 Timothy 3.13, to be entrusted with the glory of His name by serving as Christ served in a variety of different ways. Is it any wonder that one of the men chosen in Acts chapter 6 was a man who was called Stephen, who was known as a man who was full of faith. One of the prototypes of deacons. Few things could be described as being superior to boldness in trust in Christ. Deacons have an incredible motivation here and a reward for serving well. You might think, well, this is deacons. Alright, I'm not a deacon. I want to tell you, there is great application overlap here to any Christian. That use of the verb there, served, or using, as it's translated here, using the office of a deacon, is so close to the noun that is used for deacons in verse 12. That it suggests here that Paul's words are spoken in reference to deacons. That's why we're connecting this to deacons. But the truth of this verse would apply to the overseers in verse 1 through 7, the women helpers in verse 11, and I would say any member of the congregation who serves. Folks, we need to pray for our deacons. Um, Charlie Martz. Clint Martz, and Bruce Laycock. We need other men who will serve as deacons as well. 
We're going to look into the early verses of 8 through 12, answer the questions of who deacons are, and then in Acts 6 to answer the questions of what deacons do. But I want you to understand this morning, a faithful diaconate is not insignificant in Christ's household. And let's pray and support and examine ourselves to that end. All of us need a servant's heart. And I wonder if I would just have the deacons stand here um, at my request here so we can have a word of prayer uh, for them as they serve in this role. And um, that this verse, chapter 3, verse 13, be true with the deacons that God has given us. And I'm so thankful for them. And as I said, as I study this passage, was even more appreciative for the work and, and labor uh, that they do. Let's pray. Lord, we do... Praise and thank you for raising up these men to serve in this particular role. Lord, it is not a fun thing to our flesh to be servants. It's not a fun thing in our flesh to serve other people. We want to be the kings. We always want to be the ones served. God, you have called us as all believers not to serve ourselves, but to serve the Lord Christ. And here, through the office of a deacon, you have given us the personification of that. And Lord, we pray that you would use these men amongst our midst uh, to serve us uh, in the ways that would um, uh, help this ministry to press on, in ways that would um, uh, 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 be like the shock absorbers of a car here and help things go smoothly. Lord, I thank you for each one of these men that you've raised. I thank you for their, their labors and efforts, uh, the phone calls, uh, etc., Lord, as they uh, seek to serve this household of God. Lord, I pray that you would give us all a servant's heart. In Jesus' name we pray.